Welcome to Sandra Ray's Fiercely Spiritual Podcast. Hi everyone, welcome to the Fiercely Spiritual Podcast. In this week's episode, I have a special guest, Ashling Fitzgibbon, and we're going to be chatting about nutrition we're going to be chatting about clean water we're going to be chatting about lots of stuff including her new book which i'll tell you about in a minute but first i want to introduce ashling she is a holistic nutrition coach who runs a membership called energy is your currency and her background is in occupational therapy and activism which we'll be talking more about and she also delivers health talks in corporate companies and schools and her first book, Moving from Fear to Trust, is due to be released in 2020. So you're very welcome. Thank you for joining us, Ashling. Thank you so much, Sandra. I'm really excited to be here with you today. Yes, coming, um, coming straight from my um, sauna, in case anyone's wondering. What's the background? Yes. <laughs> and I was just about to mention that because we were talking earlier and you were saying how the sauna soundproofs and is good for directing the sound, which I thought was very clever. Yeah, well, I saw uh, somebody else had been podcasting from their sauna and I've had a sauna for many years. So I thought I may as well try this out and it just creates like a nice um, buffering for the sound. So hopefully yeah. it sounds good for everyone in the audience. <laughs> <laughs> and it's one of those things. I don't know if you use the sauna, but it's something mm. that tends to get kind of left uh, with dust gathering in it if you don't use it that much but yeah. um, at least you're getting other uses out of it <laughs> yeah exactly people didn't think that I'd be using it for this for this because it's actually inside my office so it just works out handy perfect yeah. so we're going to chat about a few things I want to get into how you became a nutritional coach how this all came about a little bit about your story and your background for those of the listeners who don't necessarily know you, um, I think they'll find your story really interesting. Yeah, so um, I was training as an occupational therapist over in Manchester. And during that time, just a few years previous to that, I'd had like an episode of complete burnout, exhaustion. I'd gone to the doctors and at the time I wasn't open to any alternatives. So I took antidepressants at the time because I was diagnosed with depression and anxiety. Um, and then towards the end of my training, I was like just feeling so exhausted and qualified with a first class honours degree and was like, I don't even have the energy to apply for a job. And I just felt so defeated because all my friends were moving on and everyone was planning the next stage of their life. And I was just like, that's it. You know, I've reached the end of the line here. I just can't keep going. I have to find why I'm feeling so bad. So I ended up going to a nutritionist in England and it was in that session that she told me all about the importance of nutrition and how like water she actually made me aware of the water quality in Ireland and around fluoride and she just advised me to filter out fluoride and all the other chemicals that are happening in our drinking water and to really go on a healing uh, diet even though my diet was fairly good already it was just like to take it to a new level and to bring in all different minerals that I was lacking different vitamins and different self-care practices so I came back home to Kerry where I'm from and I took to my healing like a full-time job because my life really did, did depend on it it was like this or nothing um, so I came off medication and after six months I was feeling so much better and during that time I started like being really passionate about sharing what I was learning with people and I realized that I couldn't just pretend that this experience didn't happen you know like I really wanted to bring this into my career so I decided then to go back and actually train as a nutritionist and then during that time a curveball came in in that I decided to host the nutritionist that I originally went to her name's Barbara Wren and she came over to Tralee so she gave a number of talks in my town all around like mental health and how nutrition is so important for mental health and during that time, she kept talking about the water quality in Ireland and she mentioned it a few times. And I thought, well, I have a filter, so that's all I'm going to do, you know. Um, and then when we dropped her to the airport, she turned to me and she said, you know, you should really try and do something about the fluoride in the water. And it was like a really defining moment because 
it literally felt like she put like a harpoon into my chest and it was like something opened in me that was like oh my god I have to do something about this and I have to find out how to do like what's even the first step so um, that opened up my whole world of activism at that point and that was back in 2011. So I want to go into that side of it, but first I'm just going to go back to, you mentioned about coming off the antidepressants and then six months later, you're feeling better than ever. Now, I know for a lot of people, I don't know, how long were you on the antidepressants for at that stage? Oh, four and a half years. So it was four and a half years. Yeah. Okay. So coming off them was very, very hard. I was going to say, how was that process for you? Um, what, you know, did it feel like you were going down into a deep, dark hole and yeah. that you'd never come yeah. out of it? Absolutely. Yeah, it was like, especially after a couple of weeks of being off everything, um, you know, I was doing a lot of like self-care, like spending lots of time in nature and I was doing everything I could to help myself. But like all of a sudden I just plummeted into like the dark pit of, it was like, I call it my dark night of the soul. Um, it was just like complete darkness and I was just so scared because I was like oh my god I can't see the light I can't see the future and I was so frightened and my mom at the time was just really holding the space for me and she was like really taught me a lot of spiritual lessons at that time about like learning to detach from the outcome and to love and accept myself in the moment because I actually was healing myself from a place of fear and self-hatred because I absolutely hated being unwell it absolutely like just was destroying me like on every level um, and a huge issue of like not being able to contribute to the world and not being able to work and having to be at home and be healing. I just felt like at 23 years of age, it just felt like the work, like the most abnormal thing in the world. Um, so at that stage, I wasn't like open to any spirituality and I think I just kind of came to it because I had to, because, you know, I don't know, I was kind of doing all the physical stuff, but I also had to access like a lot of soul healing because of the trauma of actually being so unwell. So yeah, coming off the antidepressants to me was like my initiation that I call into my, into my awakening of who I am and my purpose. Were you ever tempted to go back to the antidepressants just to escape those feelings? Well, I think because like, you know, when I was in university, like during the summers, I never wanted to be taking medication. I knew that I didn't want to be on that long term. So what I would do is I come off them in the summers for like a couple of weeks. I'd always end up going back on them because I'd be like, oh, this is too bad. And I'd end up going back after the, on them after like, I don't know, a month, not even, I'd say, yeah, just like three, three weeks to a month. Um, so I, I already had previous, previous experience of that. Um, but there was like a voice inside me that was like, you can't go back. No matter how hard this is, you can't go back. So even though it was so hard to go through it and, um, you know, you had to kind of feel worse almost to feel better when you're coming off them because you're actually withdrawing from the drugs from your system. And that's really, really hard because then you think um, the symptoms are, you feel like more depressed and more anxious and all these things. So it really is a very fragile time and you need to be supported through it. It's not something I'd recommend for anyone to do on their own. Um, luckily I had great support at the time Um, so yeah it was just that voice inside me that was like you have to keep going and you know I remember then like a couple of weeks later you know just a few kind of tweaks to what I was taking in terms of supplements and I don't know I just like turned a corner and I just came out of that that really dark space and I was just like oh my god I'm so I'm so thankful that I did come out and I learned so many valuable lessons that have since really saved me which we'll get into later yes, on. <laughs> I'd imagine you also learned that you can go through that mm-hmm. and not die, not, you know, that you can cope with it and not, you know, you can come out the other side as such. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that was such a valuable experience to go through, to know that even when it's so bleak that it will pass, that you will actually come out of it and there's always a solution and there's, and sometimes the solution is to just surrender to it. Yeah, I think a lot of people will identify that with that. And I think often when we're fighting the situations, when we're fighting our emotions, when we're fighting everything, sometimes the only thing that we can do is just surrender and let go. Yeah. And it's so scary to do because that's mm-hmm. the place of unknowing, of uncertainty, 
of complete admitting that we don't have control and that can be really scary as well and it can be really hard to do but sometimes it's the only thing that we can do yeah yeah exactly and I kind of exhausted all the other avenues that point and it was just like okay surrender to this and and it's almost like the surrendering actually allows you to come out of it even though it's kind of your mind thinks no no if I surrender that means I'm giving up but it's you're not giving up you know you're actually allowing yourself to just move through it and come out the other side of it yeah yeah and I think that's a good point um because the giving up would have been going back on the antidepressants Mm -hmm. the surrendering is surrendering to whatever outcome and whatever needs to happen and whatever emotions need to come up and um, you mentioned that you had great support was Mm -hmm. that uh, family members and friends or did you have professional support as well yeah well I had um, my mom was my family member who was um, like my midwife I was called I called her my midwife she was holding the space for me and you know doing all the things that I needed support with and then I had professional help with um, my nutritionist that I would go to for you know follow-up sessions and so I felt like I kind of had a lifeline on two levels at that time, which was really important to know that I, it wasn't just family or it wasn't just professional. It was like to have the two, but any, anyone outside of that, you know, there was nobody else inside of that, that circle at the time. It was literally just two people and that was all I needed at that time. So, yeah. Hmm. And so you started feeling better and you were changing your diet and mm-hmm. you were noticing that you were feeling more uplifted and better in yourself. Mm-hmm. So what tweaks did you make to your diet or what were you doing that was making the difference? Um, well, the biggest thing I think was um, like increasing the amount of like organic vegetables I was having. So I was having, you know, vegetables with my breakfast, lunch and dinner. It was just like really to bring them in as much as possible. I was also juicing vegetables at the time. Um, I came off all gluten because that can be challenging to your body when it's in a, a weakened state or in, you know, if you have any um, issues that are chronic issues. Um, and then I took many minerals like uh, magnesium, B vitamins, zinc, um, omega threes. They were really important actually for my whole like brain to kind of come back online. I really notice a huge difference from the oils. Um, and just in general, I think um, changing the way I was living from this like constant, like fast pace to actually creating a lifestyle that was actually soothing to my nervous system and actually learning so much about myself that I actually had no idea, you know, how to really take care of myself, even though I was kind of doing like the exercise and I was looking fit and, you know, on the surface, I looked like I was doing it all. But actually it was really about finding um like this internal way of of taking care of myself and what was funny then was like as I was physically cleansing and obviously off medication and my whole diet was very very detoxifying all the time what happened then was like this flood of emotions started coming up and I was just like oh my god I'm so overwhelmed and as the universe would have it they just bring you the, the person that you're meant to speak to and it was actually a neighbor of ours our car broke down and our neighbor had a visitor and I called in and I just said, oh, do you have jump leads for the car? And he came out and he was like, yeah, yeah, I'll help you. So as we were doing the car, he was just chatting to me. He's like, what are you doing? And I was telling him about nutrition and that I was planning to train in nutrition. And then he just said, have you ever heard of the Lynches in Port McGee? And I was like, no. He said, they do energy healing. He's like, I really think you should go there. And he was like, I'll give you their number. And I was like, great. So I took the number. It was just like, that was the perfect time because of what was happening, like this emotional turmoil that was coming up. So anyway, I went straight down and I had a session of energy healing Um, and I was really skeptical. Like I was so like, even though I was doing the nutrition, I was like energy healing. I'm not sure. It sounds a bit like wishy-washy. So I was like to my mom, will you come down and book a session and you can find out are these people for real? You know, because my mom was very, very sensitive to energy. So she was like, yeah, I will definitely. So we both went down, Um, but I had the session and I was still quite shut down because I think I was still quite traumatized by everything. Um, but after like one or two sessions like I could just feel like the lift and like the energy moving through my body without this person even coming to touch me or you know there was no even hands-on or anything it was literally just standing in the room with him I'd feel like everything opening up and shifting and coming to the surface I remember just going I have no idea where my life is going you know I was just so terrified because it was just completely the unknown 
Um, and, and I knew that it, I didn't want to go back into who I was before because I don't think that was even available to me. <laughs> Do you know, it was like that was gone. Um, so the energy healing really opened me up to emotional healing and, you know, how the unseen world is always available. Um, so my therapist actually recommended me to train in energy healing at that stage. She was like, I think you should train in it and it will be very helpful. So I did I actually trained in integrated energy therapy at the time. And at that time, it was that was around the time when the campaign, the Flourish campaign started to become the forefront of my life. So um, I was actually motivated to not only heal myself, but also to do um, energy work so that I could contribute to uh, creating a better world and being able to put that um, into the campaign so that it was coming from a very pure place. So I just want to touch on a couple of things you said there, which I think are really important. Um, you were saying that on the outside, it looked like you were doing everything, the exercise, and you seemed to be doing everything right. But inside, mm -hmm. there was that emotional turmoil. And I love that you were saying it was about the internal self-care mm -hmm. and how important that aspect of it was, because I think so many people, and you know, I've been guilty of this myself, have had those corporate lives where we've been running around doing the you know 12 hour days and just putting all of our energy into our work and then having none left for ourselves none left for our own self-care and just feeling totally drained trying to um at the weekend have some rest or play or go out or whatever and then doing it all over again and just mm -hmm. feeling wiped out by the end of it yeah. And I think that aspect of that internal self-care is so, so important. Yeah. And it's something that I'd never even thought of before that. Cause like what you were saying, I was in, in that fast pace, you know, um, when I was training, I was in hospitals and everything is just like, go, 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 go. And it's like, so even though you might be doing the things, um, you know, exercise and, you know, you're trying to fit in whatever you can around what you're, how you're, you know, your busy work life but it's actually like how you're actually taking, tending to yourself internally. And I think that was something that I realized, I think I was actually very neglectful of myself. And that, that's what came up really apparent um, through my healing journey was how I had to actually really come home to my own self um, consistently. And even though that's, that's a practice and, you know, I'm still, still learning that, but at a much deeper level now than I was when I began like nine years ago. Yeah. And I love that you were saying that the people who needed to show up showed up at the right time. Mm -hmm. And I think when you let go and you're talking about the surrender yeah. and just having that trust, then you open up to those people showing up when they need to, um, yeah. rather than trying to control everything mm -hmm. and trying to be in that mode of control and just surrendering to whatever needs to happen. And then those people can show up in your life and yeah. direct you and lead you where you need to go. And you also mentioned about being a little bit skeptical about the energy healing. Yeah. And I always love hearing stories about, particularly because I love working with clients who are into it, but I love the reaction of people who are maybe not so into it and have heard, oh, this might be good for you. And they come along a little bit skeptical and then leave and they're totally blown away by it. So yeah. I love that you had such a mm -hmm. palpable experience from it and such yeah. a palpable experience. Yeah. And it's so funny because I think if people heard me now talking and like where I am in my journey now, they'd be, you know, they find it hard to believe that I once was skeptical because now I'm like into so much stuff that's like, all in this realm and um you know very much on a spiritual journey and i think that started for me back in i didn't realize that at the time but it was like what i said coming off the medication for me anyway for my journey it was my initiation and i've had many more coming down the line but like that was the first kind of opening um and it's interesting because my mom actually had a shaman in our house when i was 20 and i was in my first year in occupational therapy at that time i was um, back home for like a weekend and this shame and anyway I was like who is this person and she was drumming and I just thought this is strange but I was just like what what is my mom at and um I walked into the room and she was like oh hello and she just looked at me and didn't ask me any questions didn't know what I was doing or anything she just said uh, you'll never work in what you're training in and she said look into quantum physics and I was like 
what is your one thing and I was like in my own head I was like as if because that's never going to happen you know I was like my in my own mind I was like I'm going to be an OT manager I'm going to be working in a hospital and you know I have my whole career path ahead of me so you know my own um journey of like illness really brought me onto the path that I was destined for so I think you know during that time I always had this mantra in my head. I don't know where it came from, but it was like, you're going through this for a reason. And it was like that, that mantra just gave me strength to go through the worst time ever. And it's like now where I am, I can see, yeah, this is exactly what was meant to happen. So hopefully that gives people some hope and inspiration for, you know, even if they're in a hard time right now, that, you know, you can be in a completely different space down the line and, you know, something else can be, opening up that you have no idea yet of what's happening absolutely and it's funny as you're talking there uh vision came to mind of a universal like readjustment of your life where you're going down one path and the universal is like we're just gonna move you over to this path yeah yeah um the universe lovingly works with us but sometimes when we resist or sometimes we just need a little bit more of a reason to work with the universe yeah and um as you said we can have these ideals in our mind where Mm -hmm. we think okay this is where i'm going these are my goals this is what i'm going to be doing and the universe might have something different something better in mind for us and the universe knows what will be best for us and Mm -hmm. tries to lovingly guide us along that path and um sometimes we resist it sometimes we go with it i think we all resist to a certain extent um but in the end um it was funny actually i was at a course a couple of weekends ago and the teacher was saying how um we all have free will and Mm. she was laughing she was like well she was like i don't know if that's really true because the universe (laughs) will always be guiding us towards something and we were laughing about that but yeah yeah, i think when you step onto that path your spiritual Mm -hmm. path you realize okay this is where i'm meant to be going yeah yeah exactly yeah so when i first heard about you i heard about the girl against fluoride and I was amazed at the campaign and the work you were doing. And I really admired what you were doing to try and just highlight the fluoride in our water um, what it was doing and how it's unnecessary. So can you talk a bit about that side mm-hmm. of it? Yeah, so just like what I said earlier about in terms of the nutritionist making me aware of the fluoride and it being an issue. and and then feeling like, oh my gosh, I actually have to do something about this. Um, so basically just started researching it because I was like, what is fluoride? I've, I actually don't even know about it apart from the fact that it's in toothpaste. I didn't even know it was in the water and um, my mom was un- unaware of it as well. So basically just started researching and seeing, okay, what is the actual story here? And, you know, is, you know, what's the kind of science and what's the, you know, evidence now around it? So we came across... Um, well it's actually a organization but they collate all the evidence they're called Florida Action Network and they're based in in the states so they have all of the like basically a database of all the, the emerging science that said that fluoride is an issue for like thyroid for like um IQ for bone health for many different causes many different types of health that it can be um very problematic um and then when we looked into like the rest of Europe we realized that like 98% of Europe don't add it to the water and like in Holland they banned it in the 70s because of work that doctors did over like a 10-year period so anyway we started discovering all of this information and then going oh my gosh how are we actually going to bring this to people's attention so my mom at the time was working in her in the local school and she was involved with um, fourth years transition years and her friend who was a colleague of hers was looking for a topic for a subject and I just was in one time visiting at lunchtime I was calling in and I was chatting away to them all and so this teacher Veronica was like um I'm really oh do you know what project to work on and I just said to her I have all the research done on this fluoride topic um so this would be a perfect um project for for the school you know for the fourth years and because they took on like socially conscious issues you know like environmental issues or 
um, entrepreneurial issues or whatever, things that like affected them into the future. So I, I just said this like conversationally and she was like, okay. I was like, I have all, all the research done and it's not even going to be difficult for you. So I'll just hand you over all documents that I've got collected. And she's like, okay. So then that started and they actually ran a campaign in the school with this project and um, I was working behind the scenes. So I ended up getting them to present in the Irish government in the Dáil to a group of TDs and ministers. And um, so they presented anyway. And we realized then at that time, oh my gosh, like the government is so resistant to hearing. And there's like a lot of like, you know, just it's falling on deaf ears. And I just kind of realized at the time, okay, this isn't really gonna go anywhere. Um, so I then decided, okay, the school kids aren't really going to cut it. Like I'm going to actually have to step up to the, to the table and, um, start like putting my voice out there. At the time I was just doing Facebook posts about science and I was literally getting like one, like off one person that already was like aware of it. Um, who was like a friend of mine who was just like liking it. And I was like, this is going nowhere. And then I started, um, thinking, okay, how can I reach people? And like, what, what? how do I do this? Like, am I going to have to get t-shirts printed? You know, it's just like, where do I begin? So my mom and I decided we'd host an information talk in Tralee. Um, so we hired a hotel room and we basically went around the town, I'd say just hijacking people off the streets to get in, <laughs> come into our talk. We managed to get like, like 150 people. I don't know how we actually pulled it off, but we got like 150 people. Um, and I had a friend down who's a comedian, he hosted it and it all just kind of came together. And yeah, so we started to realize, okay, we're now kind of, people are listening on some level. So we just have to keep going. So I started actually going around the country to different community centers and people that I just was meeting online and along the way. And I was just talking about the science, you know, the science says about this, about the fluoride and it's not good for your health and, you know, all the different statistics. And I just saw people's eyes just kind of going, kind of glazing over. And I just thought I could be doing this for the next 50 years and I don't think I'll ever get through to people. Like I was just, just feeling like this is not going to cut it. So then my mom and I, and I were on holidays that summer. It was in um, 2012 and we were actually in the Qatar region in the south of France, which is like, I don't know if you've heard about the Qataris, but they're very spiritual people. So um, we were just sunbathing one day and I just asked the question, I said, like, how are we going to get people to listen and my mom turned over to me and she said Ashling you're just gonna have to strip off <laughs> <laughs> what I was like well that's mad she's like I'm telling you they only listen to people if they're like outrageous you see what they're like with celebrities and I was like oh yeah you're right so then because I was like you know I was lovely and tanned I was like confident and I was like in my bikini I was like yeah, that's a great idea I'm gonna do it so came back home and I was like had this really kind of excitable energy in me and I went and I got a t-shirt printed which said Irish water contains industrial waste chemicals and I got a knickers printed with the symbol which we just started using which was like get the f out which is like a circle with an f and the line going through it which is like get the floor out and just saying get the f out and um which is kind of like a funny thing so I headed out then to Kerry airport because I announced on Facebook I'm going to do a publicity stunt today keep your eyes out for it um, so I went out to the airport and I walked up to this guy and I said you know I had my t-shirt and knickers on with my I had a big jacket on basically hiding at first and instead of parading around and I said to this guy will you be in a the picture he turned to me and he was like no and I was like oh no and I just felt like oh this isn't gonna work and then I went to the next guy and I was like will you be in a picture with me he's like where is this going and he was like I said I'm putting it on Facebook and he was just like he, I could see his face. He wasn't interested. So I was like, okay. So I went to this third guy anyway. And I was just like, in my own head, I was thinking, I'm just going to have to go home. This isn't going to play out at all the way I imagined. Um, and this guy anyway, I just didn't feel like he was open. So anyway, I then just looked, looked out and like Kerry airport is like really, really tiny. I saw this guy and I was like, that guy looks like really fun. I was like, I'm going to ask him. So I shouted out and I was like, like, hello. And he was like, yeah. And I was like, well, you be in a picture with me. He was like, what's it for? And I was like, fluoride. He was like, yes, I read about that last week. Of course I will. So it was just mad how he appeared and he was collecting his cousins from America. And um, so he was in the picture and his cousins were in the picture. And I then went home and I put that on Facebook. 
and it was just like this whole surge of energy started happening people were like oh my god I never realized about the floor until I saw your picture and all this you know it was basically like life was kind of saying yes do this do this do this so then that, that happened jacket off and reveal oh, yeah I had my jacket off I had my knickers on your man picked me up in his arms it was mad it was like we had it all staged but it wasn't and um yeah it was just like just do this and it's something that was so not in my character I wouldn't be like I'm actually very introverted I wouldn't be somebody who would be like into flaunting my body or anything so that was really outside of my comfort zone it was like my it wasn't I wasn't focused on my own self it was like I just have to get people's attention for this issue so I kind of bypassed my own insecurities and just was like just put it out there who cares um and just the response I got just started to kind of this whole new way started to appear to, to us and then my mom it was like on a full moon she ended up waking up like really early in the morning and wrote this short story and it was about like just a girl who you know she's not a doctor she's not a dentist but she has to do these crazy stunts and you know to create attention about fluoride and people started to listen after time and she had the whole story written out and she read it out to me and I was like I'm her and I was like it's not just the girl against fluoride it's the girl against fluoride and then she was born this character was born and I started to uh, basically open myself up to whatever was the next thing and it just it basically took on a life of its own and we actually which was really interesting most people wouldn't know that we did this but we went out to Skellig Michael that summer as well and um, because the energy therapist said to us oh there's a portal an energy portal which is very powerful um, in Skellig Michael that's why people actually flock there and you know there's a lot to it like so um my mom and I went there and we just sat in the portal and we just set our intentions and I just said to myself I said to the universe actually I was like I open myself up as a vehicle for this message to come through in whatever way it wants to come through and I surrender to it like I'm I'm handing myself over and literally it was like this just came through and it just started just boom, 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 boom. everything started to just come together and um, where I was meant to go or what I was meant to hear. It was just like pure inspiration because people would say to us, do you have a PR team working with you? I was like, no, it's just myself, my mom and our inspiration and <laughs> just showing up. And um, yeah. But yeah. When I first heard about you, um, it was probably around that time, around maybe 2012 or mm-hmm. 2013. And um, I remember when I saw it said the girl against fluoride, I was thinking, oh, I was like, she should be for clean water <laughs> against fluoride. Yeah. And I actually, I, at the time, I remember seeing your Facebook page and I purposely didn't follow it because I thought, no, I don't want to be against something. I want to be for yeah. something. And it's funny because recently you just popped into my head and yeah. I was like, I have to connect with her. And I went to your, I think it was your Facebook or your website, and it was all about clean water and all about, you know, yeah. having pure water. And I was like, oh, yes, this is what, um, you know, is the perfect um, thing to talk about, to yeah. talk about clean water, um, because you're not resisting the fluoride yeah. as such. Yeah. So I think that's a journey you kind of went on. Oh, yourself. yeah, big time. But it was, again, it was like a kind of continuation of my own journey of learning of my own healing journey and that I had to then learn all of these spiritual understandings and um, come to the understanding that like I was fighting against what I didn't want and I was actually perpetuating that and but I, I do say I think I was like in, in, the, in the way like the first wave of it was like to become aware like okay this is not what I want and it was interesting because we kept that that energy going but it was like up to the up to the point of 2014 it was like everything just started to unravel like everything that we were trying to create happen trying to make happen um was just like disintegrating it was like the universe was like no you're going in the wrong direction and we did our last big event in Wheelands in Dublin my mom and I were on the way there and we just burst out crying and we're just like we cannot keep fighting this has to like we just can't this is it like and then I spoke to my friend Kira and I was saying, I just can't do this anymore. But I was like, I can't give up. And then she was like, there's another way. And I was like, I'm ready for it. So she, I, she was having a retreat in her house. So I went down to her house and I went to the ret- retreat and listening to what she was saying. And she was talking about like very deep metaphysical 
truths and information. I was like, most of it was going over my head. But I was like, this is where I need to go next. This is what I need to do. I need to go on this journey of discovering how to create change and like the energetic laws and, you know, all this metaphysical information. So that led for me then going on an internal journey of discovering all of this new body of information that I had to then start to master. And then I was like, oh my God, I've been resisting. I'm, you know, you resist what you persist. And it was like, I've been actually pushing the, the issue. But anyway, that was all part of the learning. Um, and then I was like, I went through a whole period of massive fear around like, oh my gosh, people are really invested in like fighting against the system and fighting against the government. And I was like, oh, how am I now going to tell, tell them, by the way, this is like, we're doing a whole U-turn. And, you know, I had to really face my own, fear of coming out as like this new person and like I'm on a spiritual journey and this is actually a whole new way of, of creating change and being vision holders and um, embodying and holding what we actually want to create and putting all of our energy into creating the new and um, so yeah I kind of came out with that in 2017 um, and during that time my mom and I sat down we're like you know how are we going to reach people through all of this like how do we bridge people over from that world um and we we just sat down one day and we just did a whole like brainstorming session and we said the first step is we need to help people to move from fear to trust and so then we just started writing all about how do we do this like you know practically it's not just a concept how do we actually from their practical life so we designed like a kind of this whole life program of moving from fear to trust and then i ended up teaching a course myself online for three months with a small group of people leading them through moving from fear to trust in their own lives. Um, and what I didn't realize at the time was that group program was preparing me for what was going to be my next biggest initiation that I've ever had in my whole life, which was my own mom in the February suddenly got ill. She basically was fine. And then her nose, she just had this intense itch in her nose. It started like really, it was like out of control itch. So she ends up in hospital and then less like 24 hours later, less than 24 hours later, she had a massive seizure, a grand mal seizure in front of me and her two sisters and was put into a medically induced coma and remained in the medically induced coma for 12 weeks. She was transferred up to CUH during that time and she then passed away on the 10th of May. So it was, I was being prepared for this next phase of my journey, which was like facing my own biggest fear. Um, and like what I said, you know, my own healing of depression and how much I learned through that experience was actually what saved me going through that experience. You know, I was able to draw from what I went through. I knew that even though it was like, brought me into again, that like really dark space, but not anything to the level that I'd been before that I knew I could come out of it. And it was just amazing because how everything just all fits into place because my mom, right? She was in the hospital say from February till May. During that time, I was asked to speak at an event on fluoride. It was actually my first public talk where I was sharing my new approach. It was called Evolving Activism. Um, and during that time, I was just like, I was actually trying to get myself to go, like trying to gather myself, but I was just like, I'm just torn apart. I can't even be in a room with people. I can't even speak about anything other than trying to, you know, because at that time I was focused on getting my mom out of the situation and hoping that she was going to recover. Um, but that weekend that the event was on there was the snowstorm in Ireland remember when everything shut down and there was like kind of chaos like the whole country just ground to a halt so the event was on that day where everything was shut down so it got cancelled and rescheduled for November so that was last November so I went to the talk and I gave it my all and I shared exactly where I come from and I was just like I'm you know I've gone through my biggest fear so like all of those other fears are really insignificant at this point so I'm just going to say who I am and what I'm doing now and I shared as honestly as I could and obviously then at the end I started talking about my mom and that was fine so then I came off the stage and the next speaker came after me she just walked onto the stage didn't know who she was and she said you know we all come into life with soul contracts with each other and Martha and Ashing contracted to come in to, to work together and Martha brought Ashing up to the perfect time when it was her time to exit so that Ashing could come in fully into her own self and she said well have no doubt that Martha is still working with Ashing from the other side and it's very clear that Ashing is going to do big things and I just sat there going 
oh my gosh, this is why I'm here. <laughs> in that moment, I was just like, you know, all the stuff I'd gone through for that, for that year, I'm just, I was just like, this is why I'm here. And it was just an incredible moment of just like complete peace and clarity. It was just like, I just knew, okay, this is exactly where I'm meant to be. Um, and I ended up, you know, listening obviously to the talk and this lady, her name is Mary Helen. She was talking about her own near death experience when she was 21 in a car accident and how she came back and she um, retained all of this knowing that she had, had, had received from being, from being dead. Basically she'd left her body, had died I'd come back in and um, just an ama amazing person. I was just like, oh my gosh. And so then I met her then um, the following day, bumped into her in the hotel and straight away she said, you need to put your story into a book and I'm going to help you. And I was just like, oh my gosh. And I said, this is so weird that you're saying this because I said, the last thing my mom said to me in the hospital was, I'm an eternal being, get in with the Americans. And she was like, yeah, I'm the American. And I was just like, what? I was like, this is mad. And my fiance, Richie, was beside me. And he was like, yeah, I've been saying this all along. I was like, what? I was like, how does this work? Um, so anyway, she was like, you know, I'll give you my number and we'll stay in touch and we'll get this going. So she gave me her number and I put it into my phone, like to save it. But I, her number was already saved in my phone. And I was just like, I don't know how that happened because I'd never met her before. I'd never seen her. You know, I didn't have any previous contact with her. So what I reckon is that she was in touch with my mom through the campaign previously and she'd given her number as like, you know, maybe they were chatting or something, but my mom had never mentioned this lady to me before. And that was just another synchronicity of like how everything yeah. is interconnected. It's just incredible. Yeah. You, when you mentioned about what she said when she came on stage, mm. I had chills running through my body and it sounds like that even as you were talking about your mom, that you were so close and mm -hmm. you obviously just had such a divine connection. Um, yeah. And I think it's beautiful that she did say that now it's your time to come into your own and, yeah. you know, just to be in that space and have the confidence in yourself and mm -hmm. to walk your path. So it's yeah. beautiful. And yeah. so you talked about moving from fear to trust yeah. which is the name of your book coming out next yeah. year. So you begun writing that with your mother or formulating mm -hmm. that before she passed on. So yeah. how then did you go about the process of bringing it into a book? Yeah, so from that moment, that was in November, I then arranged to go to Mary Helen's house. She lives in Athlone. So I went to her house and we set the intention of the book, what I wanted to create set out the name, put it out into the universe and did a little ceremony around that, went to like a nearby portal that she always goes to for setting her intentions and went home and we just did the outline of like, where was I beginning? And she just kind of said to me, you know, cause I was like, where do I begin? And I think it was kind of like, I just had to start where I was at that time. It was kind of like, because I'd gone through so much over the past couple of years and it was all going so quickly that it was like, I just had to kind of take the time to, gather everything and start to integrate that um but I knew that it was like the story our story together of the campaign and like my own healing journey and I wasn't kind of sure I was just like okay we'll just start there because I think it took shape then after just starting with that um and Mary Helen she works with different healing frequencies so she recommended a healing frequency for me to work with for opening my pineal gland which she was saying, you know, it's going to help your mom come in to give you guidance for what you're doing together. So basically I started doing that frequency every morning, listening to it. And I just started gathering up like what we created and it was just very organic. It was like just picking up like a notebook, opening it and going, okay, I just had this feeling, this is the piece you're meant to write. And, um, just kind of gathering them then in my, in my, um, word document and just kind of putting the pieces together but I felt like even my mom has, has been coming through um like dreams like she has contacted me through dreams um so just kind of like just gradually this process of what I meant to say has has just come through me as I've let go of my own um fear and attachment of what I think it should look like or how it has to be 
and then I met up with Mary Helen um, last this year then last um, April was our last meeting um, and I was sharing with her like how much I'd created what I'd written so far and she just said to me she's like okay so that's where you've started she said well we need to go back in time we need to get to know who you are we need to get to know Martha you know we need the reader to understand the, the, both of your journeys together from the beginning so I went home and I was like okay to the start where do I begin um, and then it was very easy for me to understand what what was the first message because for you to kind of understand you know for you as the reader to understand our our relationship and it was the image that my mom has shared with me since you know throughout all of our relationships she shared that um, when I was born that she didn't know if I was a boy or a girl when I, when I was handed to her and she said I just looked into her eyes and she said the first thought was oh my gosh I know you from before and she said she never had that with anyone that she'd ever met in her whole life. So she just had always shared this with me. And I always thought it was very romantic. But then I realized, you know, from going, going through everything with her last year, just how significant it was. So that's the opening line of the book is actually um, like, oh, I know you from before. And then it just brings us through our journey together and, and how, um, how the journey of moving from fear to trust is... Um, really an invitation for us to all of us to evolve out of separation, separation consciousness, separate from each other, from nature, um, and even from life and death, dissolving that separation as well. So it's a very interesting journey with many, many different layers and facets to it. But I'm hoping to do the story justice. And um, really, it's just an evolution of like how I'm experiencing what I'm experiencing. And then how I've moved from fear to trust with this this experience of losing my mom physically, um, and how how I've navigated grief and come out through come out the other side through the understanding that has been shown to me by the universe through the different people that have appeared in my path, which have have just been miraculous. Like even writing it, I'm just like I could never have made this up. You know, the people that appeared, just total divine guidance and um, you know incredible um demonstration of how the divine is, is always showing up even in the darkest spaces um yeah well it sounds fascinating i'm fascinated talking to you and i can't wait to read it myself um so people listening do we know what month it'll be out next year or have you any idea of we don't know yet because i'm meeting up with mary helen very soon so we should have the timeline coming out very soon but um if people um I'll include the link for people to sign up to my mailing list. So once I have the ideas of when that's going to be available, I'll be sharing as soon as that's, that's known. Yeah. Perfect. So we'll put a link to that in the show notes and um, I'll put a link to your website and your social media as well. If people would like yeah. to follow you and keep up with your story. Um, just before we finish up, I just want to go back because you mentioned about opening um the penal gland yeah and the first thing that came to mind was that one of the side effects of fluoride is yeah. the calcification of the penal gland yeah. so i just thought you know it's just that full circle of yeah. how you had and actually i wanted to touch on that because obviously we still have fluoride in our water but people mm -hmm. can do something um, I recently installed a reverse osmosis system in my house. Um, yeah. What do you recommend? Yeah, for that's, what I re that's what I recommend. Yeah, that's what I use in my own home as well. Um, really great to have in. Yeah, and it's so funny that you say that actually because I forgot to bring that point up because Mary Helen has said that to me. She said, isn't it funny how, you know, you were so drawn to the fluoride and that was the thing that you worked on, like opening your own pineal gland or no to yourself at the time, but, you know, that was the whole thing about coming off fluoride and getting out of your system and detoxifying it. And she said, and that's the thing that's actually your connection to your mom when she was going to leave. Um, and she said, don't you think people are now going to be interested when they realize that it's actually shutting down their connection to their loved ones. So she was kind of like, you're indirectly actually working on getting that out through a completely different way that you'd never thought possible. So for me, yeah, it's just incredible how, full circle everything is and how um like creating change on any level has to come through like indirect ways that aren't forceful 
aren't coming from your own agenda or your own personal will that it's just like allowing whatever way the universe wants that to come through um because i think like everything has its purpose in that it's it's really um a gateway for people to open because when they realize this is in the water it basically changes your paradigm when you start to go on that journey so in a way it's like it's just inviting people to um take that invitation and and to evolve when they're ready um and for us who are awake and aware that we envision a new reality together and we support each other in that vision and we don't get um distracted by the old and how that's just that's destruct um destructuring and um hold our energies high and our, our trust that everything is uh, coming through us so yeah i'm so happy to be here today and share this message it's really a total honor to be here and thank you so much i have to say one thing that i've noticed is that you're very grounded in your spirituality and i think a lot of people will resonate with your story who um, a lot of the listeners here are totally into the spiritual, but even um, the people who may not be as spiritual, I think they will so connect with you and your story and what you've been through. Um, I would probably be able to talk with you for another two hours, but <laughs> I'm conscious of time. So is there anything else you want to share before we finish up? Um, no, I just think the message of... Um moving from fear to trust i just hope that everyone feels moved by that and that is an invitation for us to um, dissolve the fears that are holding us back from who we are inside our authentic self because that's what the world needs now is for us to come out with that fear state and to open our consciousness to trust and love um, and to create in this new reality that you are also co-creating here with this podcast sandra and the work that you're doing so yeah, I, I hope that this reaches more people that are ready to go on that journey themselves. Um, and yeah, just reach out to me online, follow along, share, share with me any of your insights. Um, I hope to connect with many of you. Um, what's your Instagram handle? For yeah. So my Instagram handle is at Ashling. So it's A-I-S-L-I-N-G Fitzgibbon, F-I-T-Z-G-I-B-B-O-N. And the same on Facebook, Ashling Fitzgibbon. And my website is my name, ashingfitzgibbon.com. Brilliant. You can, yeah, you can get some free recipes there um, for boosting your energy and many more amazing resources to help along the evolutionary process. So I encourage everybody to go have a look. And I, as I said, we'll put some links in the show notes. And um, yeah, just to support Ashling, um, getting her message out. And of course, to go and enjoy reading her book, because I think it'll be a fascinating read. Ashling, thank you once again. It's been such a pleasure. And I will see everyone next week for the next episode of the Fiercely Spiritual Podcast. Bye-bye. <laughs>